Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Sawadikap. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program and we're learning Buddhist chanting. This is the fourth part of our four-part series where I've been gradually helping you to understand Buddhist chanting and how to actually do Buddhist chanting. So in our very first session, I went through all the details of why somebody might be interested in developing a Buddhist chanting practice. And I even talked about the history of Buddhist chanting, starting with Gautama Buddha, who used chanting as a way to help his students commit the teachings to memory, that they recited his teachings word for word for word. Nowadays, there's places that have kind of developed this mystical, magical approach to chanting, but that's not what chanting is all about. There's nothing mystical or magical about it. You can't say any particular words and instantly create some kind of benefit. You can't chant and get an extra long life. You can't chant and eliminate your unwholesome gamma. You can't chant and get more money or a bigger house or a better job or bring your boyfriend or girlfriend back to you or your husband or wife back to you. You can't chant and create safety or health or wellness in the body for yourself or other people. That's not how chanting works. The way that chanting basically is used is nowadays just to ease down into meditation and get more benefit out of the meditation. There's plenty of people, there's plenty of websites, there's plenty of books that will tell you otherwise that chanting can be used for these kind of things. But if you look at the teachings of the Buddha in the original words that the Buddha shared, he never taught that chanting was used for anything mystical or magical. There's no superstition or auspicious things like this in the teachings of the Buddha. It's all about seeing with wisdom, true reality, and being able to see that it's the result of your decisions that produce certain things, right? So when you make a wise decision, it's going to produce wholesome results. But when you make an unwise decision, it's going to produce unwholesome results. So you can't circumvent the natural law of gamma of cause and effect or action result, the results of your decisions by just chanting a few words. So if you went out into the world and you were not making wise decisions and you were chanting in order to get better health or get more friends or get more wealth or a new job. You can't get those things if you haven't made the decisions to, for example, with a new job, you would need to do a certain amount of training. You would need to get education. You would need to apply for your job. You would need to show up to the interview and be polite, kind, friendly, respectful. You need to communicate. You need to be involved and help this company and these people at the company to realize that you would be a good employee. You can't chant your way to a new job or better health 
or some other beneficial outcome. So we talked about this kind of thing at the very first part of this four-part series, and then I helped you to learn the individual chance. And so far, I've been now in the subsequent classes helping you to just recall the chants and be able to practice them together as a group. So that's what we're going to do today is just practicing the chants so that you can practice them one more time and open up to any questions that you have related to the chants. It's going to take you, you know, several weeks to build up your practice, but this is something that you can be working on alongside of your meditation practice. You'll be able to be developing your chanting practice. So what I'm going to do is just guide you in doing the three chants together that I taught you. And then at the end of that, I'll open up to any questions that you guys might have related to the chanting. Then after we do that, I'm going to use chanting to ease down into meditation. And then we're going to do a breathing mindfulness meditation session and loving kindness meditation together because I've already taught both breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation previously in this group learning program as four part series. And now we're going to put it all together through today's class. And we did that in our classes prior to this as well. So I'd like to welcome all of you guys to the class and invite you to join along with the chanting. And then after we do the chanting, I'll open up to any questions that you guys might have based on building up your practice before we actually do meditation together. So if you would like to chant this, basically what I guided you guys to do is bring your palms together, palm to palm, and hold your hands at your sternum. And now you take a nice deep breath. And if you'd like to chant along, you surely can. Arahang Samasamoto Mahakewa Potang Mahakewanang Apiwate Ami Sawakato Mahakewata Tamo Damang Namasami Supatipano Mahakewato Sawakasanko Sanghang Namami Sorry, just trying to switch slides here so that you guys can learn. Napmorasapakawato Arahato Samasamputasa Napmorasapakawato Arahato Samasamputasa Napmorasa Pakawato Arahato Samasamputasa Itipiso Mahakawa Arahang 
समसमुतो विचारण समुरो सखातो रोकावितो अनुपेरो पुरीसा दामासातीसातावामनुसनं पुतो पाकवाति Okay, I guess we'll give a big round of applause. Clap, clap, clap. Everybody chanting together, even though we're not able to turn our mics on and be able to hear each other. I'm sure everybody's sounding really nice by now. So what I'll do is just open up to any questions that you guys have around Buddhist chanting. And you can put that into Facebook, YouTube, or in Zoom in the comment section. And our moderators will see that. I, I will see that as well. And if you're in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly. So let's see what questions you guys might have. There don't appear to be any questions at the moment, sir. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and go into meditation then if there's no questions. So let's go ahead and use our chanting to ease into meditation. And then once we're in meditation, I'll give you guidance on the breathing mindfulness meditation. And then there'll be a period of time, maybe five minutes or so, where I'll just have you do breathing mindfulness meditation. Then I'm going to come back in with guidance on loving kindness meditation and instruct you on that. And then after that, we'll go back to breathing mindfulness meditation, and then we'll go back to the chanting. So we're going to put everything together here in the very last class. So if you'd like to take a position, either seated, lying, or standing, the walking position tends to not really work so well with online learning because you need to walk around, but you surely could if you'd like to. So if you're seated, you might just have your legs crossed if you're on the floor, just lightly with a cushion under your rear. This lessens the angles at your hips, knees, and ankles. And then your hands and arms can be resting comfortably in your lap. The Buddha put his right hand over his left with his thumbs together, and then he put that in his lap. But of course, there's other options here. If you're sitting in a chair, you might just have your feet flat on the floor or just lightly crossed at the ankles. In your hands and arms, you can either do what the Buddha did by putting his right hand over his left, or some people like to put their palms on their thighs or their knees. Some people like to put their palms up. So essentially, the lower body and the hands and arms should be completely relaxed for the meditation. You're not interested in experiencing any pain in the physical body whatsoever. The upper body should be erect, not slouched and not real rigid, but in the middle, nice and erect. This keeps the mind attentive and alert during the meditation because this is a dedicated, active, purposeful training session. And you would like the mind to be active during the meditation so that you can actively train the mind. So by keeping the upper body erect, this ensures that the mind will stay attentive and alert during the meditation. Next, if you'd like to bring the hands together in order to do the chanting, and then afterwards we'll just slip into meditation with our eyes closed. So take a nice deep breath. Arahang <laughs> 
just establishing the breath a nice natural steady consistent breath experiencing the full inhale breathing in and wherever you get to it a nice gradual exhale breathing out you're not interested in a forced or controlled breath Just a nice, gradual, steady, consistent breath. Breathing in through the nose. And out through the nose. Breathing in. And out. Your breath isn't going to necessarily match up with the guidance that I'm providing. That's fine. I'm just here for your guidance. Just to remind you to breathe in through the nose, experiencing the full inhale. And then whenever you get to it, 
Breathe out through the nose, experiencing the full exhale, nice and gradual. Breathing in. And out. Once the breath is established, start fixating the mind on the breath. Either the sound of the breath coming into the nose or the sensation of air moving over the skin into the nose. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath, the present moment. Breathing in and out. With the mind fixated on the breath, whenever you observe that the mind is moved off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath. No need to observe the thought label it, analyze it, or even try to figure out where it's coming from. Just wherever you notice that the mind is off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in and out. I'm going to be quiet now and let you do this work of focusing on the breath. And then I'll be back a bit later with guidance on loving kindness meditation. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time to focus on the breath. Breathing in and out.
Continuing to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. On your out breath, repeat these affirmations in the mind. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I be well. May I be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. May we be peaceful. May we be safe. May we be well. May we be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. May my family be peaceful.
May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. May my friends be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. May all beings, wherever they reside, be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. 
may they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. Now go back to breathing mindfulness meditation, focusing on the breath, breathing in and out.
As you guys are coming out of meditation, I would like to just kind of give you a little bit of a reminder about loving kindness meditation since we haven't done that for a little bit. Here with this loving kindness meditation, I just did very generalized rings. You know, may I, we, family, friends, and then all beings. But you would like to customize this based on your specific needs. This meditation is designed to eliminate anger, hatred, ill will through cultivating the mind and training it to have this active goodwill towards all beings without judgment, this genuine interest in seeing other beings be well or loving kindness. So what you would like to do is include people in your meditation that you currently have loving kindness for, that you'd like to cultivate and support it, encourage it, and not allow it to fade then there are certain people that you might feel more neutral about, that you would like to cultivate loving kindness for them. And then there's 
potentially people in your life that you have anger or hatred or ill will or maybe lesser versions like frustration or irritation or annoyance towards. And for those individuals, you would like to include them in your meditation because you're working to transform your mind. You're not trying to change other people in your loving kindness meditation. Instead, what you're doing is you're transforming your mind. You're essentially rewiring the mind so that it no longer goes down this path of anger and hostility and bitterness when certain cravings arise and you're experiencing painful feelings. Instead of going down that path, you forge this new path of rewiring the mind to have loving kindness. And then you can practice that through your intentions, your speech, and your actions. And then more and more as you practice this way, this old path of anger, bitterness, and hostility overgrows. And now the mind only goes down this path of loving kindness and your mind will be incapable of experiencing any kind of anger or even the slightest annoyance once the mind has been fully transformed. So with that, let me just open up to any questions you guys might have about chanting, about meditation, about the Four Noble Truths, the Three Universal Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Five Precepts, anything and everything that you guys would like to talk about related to the Path to Enlightenment and the teachings of the Buddha, you're welcome to put that into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. You can also raise your hand electronically in Zoom and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly. Okay, it looks like we have a hand up in Zoom. Your name, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Is it Kushi? Koshi? I think that's Koshi from India, right? Uh, we can't hear you, Koshi. I'm not sure. Uh, it looks like you're, you've opened your mic, but for some reason we're not hearing you. You might need to put your question into the comment section of Zoom so that we can know what your question is. It sounds like your mic's not working. Zoom has a function after class where you can, or even you can do it now after you put your question in, is you can use the preferences and you can do a sound and audio check and it will verify that your microphone's working. So that way your microphone will be working in Zoom. But you can put your question into the comment section of Zoom and we'll be able to see it there as well. I'm not seeing any questions in YouTube. And let's see, Facebook, not seeing any questions there. And Zoom doesn't inform me whether you're typing out your question or not, Koshi. So I'm not sure. If there's any questions, again, you guys can put those. There we go. After meditating, sometimes it feels like I have a lot of negative thoughts. Okay, yeah, this is normal. That if you think about what we've been experiencing in our life while before we know about this path to enlightenment, there's all these different experiences that we're having. This might be described as conditioned experiences. You know, our parents yell at us and aggressive with us, or, you know, we go to a restaurant and they mess up our order. They don't give us the food that we ordered, or you get a flat tire on your car, or, you know, you turn in your paper at school and you get an F or a bad grade. And then because of certain cravings, the mind arises this anger and this bitterness and this hostility. And when we attribute it to the other person, we think that the other person is the problem because of our ignorance and unknowing of true reality that we don't know this path. So we start forming these conditioned experiences and we start forming these mental objects in the mind one of them being ill will and essentially what we've been doing throughout our life is it's like this ball of twine we've been 
unraveling this ball of twine and these different emotions these different experiences are like trapped inside this ball of twine and we've just been winding up this ball of twine for however many years we've been alive it's just been winding it up and winding it up and winding it up and all these different experiences are trapped in there so as you're meditating and as you're training your mind on all the facets of the path to enlightenment we're unraveling this ball of twine and these emotions and experiences oftentimes bubble up in the mind and this is where you can experience negative feelings or negative thoughts either during meditation or after meditation and what you're working to do is unravel this it's like almost like we've been sweeping the dust under the carpet throughout our life and now through meditation and all these other teachings we're pulling back the carpet and the dust is flying around and you can choke and you can cough on that but what you're trying to do is get this dust out of the house you're trying to get this pollution out of the mind so that these negative thoughts are no longer there in the mind and it just takes time of gradual training to be able to get the mind to be able to fully release all that it's holding on to it's just going to take time but it can happen where this occurs and what you would like to do is continue to train the mind stay dedicated to the path and continue to cut off and let go of any kind of negative thoughts that are arising there's some more here that koshi is sharing i feel like it's wrong time when i get out of meditation so how to know that i can get out of meditation so you can stop meditation at any point that you like i wouldn't necessarily stop the meditation just because you're having certain negative thoughts but you would like to go for at least 30 minutes or more and of course you need to gradually build up to that so if you aren't needing to set an alarm or something like this just start your meditation meditate and whenever you feel like it's been enough time just stop meditating no need to set an alarm unless you're on your way to work or you know you've only got 15 20 minutes and you've got to set your alarm and be sure that you know you need to finish at a certain time because if you set an alarm what the mind will tend to do is it'll sit there in meditation is it time yet is it time yet is it time yet your mind will be craving to know is it time yet or you'll be deep in meditation getting all kinds of benefits and then the alarm will go off when you could have actually gotten more benefit if you didn't set the alarm. So in situations where you don't need an alarm, don't set one. Just start your meditation and meditate. And wherever you feel like it's enough, you just stop. And if you would like to know how long your meditation has been, because you would like to keep track and just kind of know that you're generally getting close and closer to the 30 minute mark, is look at the clock before you start meditation. Okay, 10 o'clock. And then you do your meditation and then when you're done you're done and you stop and you just look at the clock all right 10 15 so you know it's been 15 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes so you'd like to check in on the amount of time that you've been meditating about once a week just kind of check in and just kind of see that you're meditating for about 30 minutes or more or that you're gradually building up to that so if you started when you first started your practice if you were five or ten or fifteen minutes okay that's where you are when you start but you should see this gradual expansion over a number of weeks you should see that the mind is able to meditate for longer and longer periods of time just checking in about once a week or so you don't have to be you know real rigid with that but just every once in a while check to see how long it's been so that you'll know that your meditation length of time is expanding more and more okay so yes you're welcome pleased to help you and nice to see you found us here online because koshi used to study here in thailand chiang mai at the temple and now i think she's back in india so nice that you found us online here
Let me check uh, YouTube and Facebook and see if there's any more questions there. It looks like we have a question in YouTube. Okay, so it looks like Allison has a question. Sometimes when I'm struggling with breathing mindfulness meditation, I move into loving kindness meditation, and then I'm able to follow up with breathing mindfulness meditation. Is this a suitable practice to do to help me cultivate my meditation practice? Thank you, Teacher David. Yes, there's some people who find loving kindness meditation a bit more comfortable for them when they're first starting out. Because if you notice that the mind is overactive and quite busy in meditation, that silence where there's nothing going on whatsoever, you just focus on the breath. And then every time the mind moves off the breath, you're cutting that off and bringing it back. With breathing mindfulness meditation, that can be quite challenging for some people because the mind can be really overactive. There can be lots of bombardment of thoughts and it can be quite a challenge to do that meditation early on. That's why some people, you know, they start with just five minutes or 10 minutes or something like that. And that's kind of what feel comfortable for them. But loving kindness meditation is giving you something to think about. It's giving you that thought of may I be peaceful, right? Or may I be safe. So some people early on, they find this one to be actually easier for them to do. So the way that you're describing what you're doing is you're doing a little bit of breathing mindfulness meditation and where you realize that the mind is maybe struggling and otherwise you would maybe just stop meditating at that point. But instead you're choosing to go into loving kindness that's ideal because that's extending your meditation cycles. And then when you're ready, you can go back to breathing mindfulness. So on the front and back side, you can be gradually expanding your breathing mindfulness while at the same time, you're developing your loving kindness meditation. And this can be more comfortable for the mind. Also, if you are having lots of thoughts in meditation, and that's the reason why you need to move out of breathing mindfulness meditation, you should look at walking meditation. This can be really helpful for you. I have a video in YouTube that I taught walking meditation and you can just go to the YouTube channel and search walking meditation and it should come up. If you have any difficulties finding that, you can just let me know and I will send you the link because walking meditation is excellent for an overactive mind or if you're noticing that you're falling asleep during the meditation, if you're getting drowsy, you can use walking meditation in both of those situations. So that might be something you'd like to look at. You're welcome, Allison. I see you saying thank you there. You're very welcome. All right. I'm not seeing any other questions. All right. So what I'll do then is just remind you guys of our classes coming up which this Sunday, we're gonna be in chapter eight in the group learning program, which is titled Transforming the Three Poisons, Craving, Anger, and Ignorance. This is where you're gonna go from understanding the Four Noble Truths, which the Buddha focuses on this core problem of craving, desire, attachment, and helping you to see how that causes discontentedness. And there he's giving you a window into the mind and in four simple statements, he's explaining the problem, the cause, the elimination, and the path forward. But now he's gonna go level deeper and explaining to you these three individual pollutions or poisons or unwholesome roots or fires in the mind called craving, anger, and ignorance. I'm going to explain to you 
what these are. I'm going to explain to you the symptoms that you see in your life because of these poisons, kind of the complications and difficulties and struggles that they produce in your life and how that manifest in your day-to-day activities. And then I'm going to give you the remedies or the solutions and how to fix this, how to uproot it out of the mind and clean it out of the mind, because that's what you're doing in order to get to enlightenment is you're purifying the mind, getting rid of these pollutions of craving, anger, and ignorance. So I'm going to explain the problem, how those manifest in the mind and then in your life, and then give you the remedies or solutions to those as well. And then next Wednesday, we're going to be doing breathing mindfulness meditation. And it's an open class. So what I'm going to be doing from this point forward in the group learning program on Wednesdays is we'll do either breathing mindfulness meditation or loving kindness meditation. I'll be doing chanting to ease in. I'll be doing the meditation, guiding you, and then we ease out. And then I just open up to any questions that you guys have. It's like free form questions. Because as you're learning and practicing all the teachings that I've been sharing, there's going to be situations where you need clarity on those or you might have been reading a book or the resources that I share and you might be interested in getting clarification or you might be having certain challenges or uh, struggles in your life and you'd like to know how do I apply these teachings in any particular area of my life so we'll have just free form questions and answers on Wednesday so we'll do meditation for about 20 or 30 minutes each class then I'll just open up to any and all questions that you guys have and you can seek help this way and get guidance that you need and I do that on the other days too where I'm teaching on Saturdays and Sundays but typically there we have a certain topic that we're covering so the questions are kind of focused on that particular topic and then if we have time at the end we kind of open up to extra questions but Wednesday there's no topics that are going to be taught now for the rest of the group learning program it's just going to be coming together supporting encouraging and motivating each other in our meditation practice by coming together as a group to either do breathing mindfulness meditation one week and then loving kindness meditation the next week and then just opening up to any and all questions that you guys have related to any topics associated with the path to enlightenment So thank you all for joining. I appreciate your diligence and dedication to learning and practicing the teachings. We'll see you guys in one of these future classes. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.